Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the north woods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Tranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, MBI, which is Nicolay Bible Institute, is a one-year Bible college program that we host here. And um, we have students that are pretty much just out of high school or, you know, maybe in their lower 20s typically, but you don't yep. necessarily have to be. Come no. up and spend a year with us to take some Bible classes and alongside of that, they get a chance to learn how to serve within a Christian ministry context. And for the, our context, that's Christian camping. Right. And so they actually help us run uh, weekends, retreats, and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great experience. It's a nice way to kind of develop a good foundation of not only who God is and your relationship and identity in Him, but then also how to really, how like service works, yeah. you know, because it's a good skill regardless of whatever area of life you go in. So I encourage you to check out NicolayBibleInstitute.org um, today. If you know somebody, whether it's you have a son or daughter at that age or whether you are at that age, uh, we'd love for you to check it out. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, what, what's interesting is some people ask me when I tell them I'm from Silver Birch Ranch or Nicolay Bible Institute or Relate365.com or... Uh, family, you know, foster family connect or something else. Wolf River Refuge. Yeah, Wolf River Refuge. Why in the world, what are you? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, honestly, ministries, uh, kind of like businesses, uh, if you own a business, you might actually have various branches. And you, you actually do business as, so you might make, uh, let's say you make cookies. You might also make, um, you know, uh, some sweet rolls or something. Mm-hmm. So so you can do business as that. Yep. And business as so a lot of places have divisions. In fact, a secular company, a non you know, for profit, might buy up a bunch of other companies, but there's still one mother company. Right. And what we do at Silverberg Ranch is we have a, a, a very strict motto, which basically is to know Christ to make him known. So we keep looking for ways to help the local churches know Christ, make him known. And we, we know that a, a change of place and a change of pace helps change your perspective. So we have this camping program. And then the camping program is year-round, so there's retreats and there's summer camping. And Jason here is in charge of all the summer camping that goes on here and a lot of times some weekend retreats that happen. And then we have Nicolay Bible Institute, which is also about knowing Christ, making them known at a different level where we're training college people for a year. Then we have the Wolf River Refuge where we take in families. It's on the Wolf River. And, and so that's also about knowing Christ and making him known, but a, a little different twist. We've just started the Foster Family Connect Ministry, which is, again, encouraging the church to know Christ, to make him known, to help us go out and do that. And then the Relate 365 uh, is our, our branch. It just is going out doing podcasts and other things that help draw people to God's Word and get them excited about knowing Christ and making him known and broaden the footprint of what we do. So you put it all together and you go, oh, that's a lot of different little areas you're involved in. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's not unusual uh, to do something like that because as any business or ministry matures, they see more opportunities that they could stretch into and find a way to do that effectively. So I encourage you to go to the Silver Birch Ranch website and you'll be able to see the divisions, all the different places that we go. And if it's too confusing to think in all those terms, just come to summer camp and enjoy being here during the summer with your family or send your children, get your church involved. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll see some of the other things that we're involved in. So yeah, yeah. Very important. And now, you know, I, lately I ask you as an older guy, you know, I like reading the news and not so much like watching it anymore. You know, when I was a kid, I, here's what I thought. I thought news was the reporting of just what happened that day. 
Yeah, that was kind of what I used to think too. Yeah, I mean, but it's not that much anymore. No, everything was like a weather report to me. Well, unfortunately, too, I mean, there's no such thing, I think, as unbiased news anymore, which kind of is an oxymoron. Yeah. I mean, everybody in in their whole existence has all these biases that they've already developed, and now they want everyone else to see the world the way they do. Right. In some ways, it's kind of like, it's my ego trip. You need to see everything and understand everything the way I do, or you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever watch the the BBC at all news? Yeah. here and there, not in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it a lot when I lived in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, well, I enjoy it because it gives yeah. a different perspective than the uh, United States at right, times. Right, right. And, and they're, they're sometimes reporting from different places in the world, and, and I look at that and I go, oh, that's, that's very interesting you know, to me. Um, I love to try and figure out how to help people think differently, but honestly, people don't want to think differently. So that's one of the greatest struggles in life. Mm-hmm. By the time you're you're in college, yep, you already seem to have cemented what you want to believe, mm-hmm. and for you part. to change what you believe at any point about anything is extremely difficult to do, mm-hmm. unless you want to, right? And if you want to, what 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 do you think would make somebody want to change what they think? I don't know, because what they think isn't working, right? Right. You know, I mean, there's there's people today who are depressed and anxious, and and they're they're suicidal. Maybe they don't like life. Okay, maybe they grew up in a church where they they've heard you know life is about uh, you know Jesus and you can be happy and joyful, but they're not. So so they're at a crisis point in their life and what they believe. Mm-hmm. And they could even be at a point where they just never have been taught how to talk about their feelings or their emotions. Exactly. You know, because reality is, as you look at the last year and we've all undergone some sort of stress because of COVID. Right. And so speaking into that, you know, you might have a college student or high school student that now their world has changed and their belief system is being challenged. And depending on how they you grew up, whether it was in the church, not in the church, you know, you may or may not know how to handle that. Right. Thus leading to the feelings of depression or anxiety or just not knowing what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of anger out there because instead of dialogue, we just kind of beat each other up. Right. And dialogue, I mean, you're always going to have dialogue. There's always going to be people who think differently than you. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, maybe in most cases, it doesn't really matter. And what we need to do is understand a little bit how we're how we operate, yeah, and how God wants us to operate. One of one of the things I just was talking to our Nicolay Bible students about was the idea that every human being has a tendency to be um, involved in focalism or or focusing on one thing, yeah, and we just do. Yep. So there are times in our life where one thing dominates our thought process. Mm-hmm. One thing, nothing else seems to matter but that one thing. Right. Uh, an easy example is a young lady who has, you know, in her mind um, uh, had a wedding plan for, you know, the last 20 years in her mind, and she's finally engaged, she's waiting. There are times where that's all they're thinking about, and everything in their life, that's all that everything revolves around at yep. that point. Now, as an older guy, if I see a young lady and everything's revolving around that, I realize I nothing in my life is revolving around that. Mm-hmm. Everything in her life is revolving around that. Right. Now, that doesn't mean the wedding isn't real. It just means she's going to have a hard time seeing anything outside of that Yeah. until that's over. Right. 
And uh, and not only that, I'm not sure if, if she was going to understand that there's a certain amount of letdown that happens after a wedding. Mm-hmm. Because emotionally, you build it up, build it up, build it up, and however high you build it, you're going to go that low. Right. At some point, it may be after the honeymoon, it may be you know, whatever it might be. Uh, even if you have a child sometimes, same thing. They mm-hmm. call postpartum depression, whatever it might be. You know, for all those months, like, you know, child's going to be here, life's going to be great. You know, the child gets there, and all of a sudden, your emotions go down. Right. And you can't figure out why. Eh, it's pretty normal, yeah. actually. And, and if you expect it and you know it, then you can uh, you can actually prepare for it. Mm-hmm. So um, so I love looking at the mind and how it operates. I like trying to to uh, help young people, especially, get positioned so that they can seek truth without necessarily having to go through the crisis. Yeah, because crises are going to come. Yep, and it'd be nice if you knew the truth before the crisis. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know it before the crisis, go ahead and learn it while you're in the crisis because you're still going to need to learn it, mm-hmm. you know, one way or another. Um, are you into psychology at all? Uh, not a ton. Yeah, I'm, I never was, and I still am very leery of it. Mm. However, the reason I'm leery of it is I, I, I don't want my idea of psychology, which isn't necessarily accurate, is the idea of manipulation of some sort. You just want me to feel good about something. Yeah. I just want to know the truth and let the truth do whatever it does to me. Yeah. So I don't care about feeling good about it if I'm not supposed to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to try and feel good about something that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I know those who know psychology are going, Dave, you don't understand psychology. I'm just telling you why I think that way. I, <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. Now, let, let's talk about truth for a second. Truth, if, if you were in a debate with somebody and they were really eloquent, does eloquence mean that they know truth? No. I think that's important for our listeners to understand. Right. You may be really sloppy with the English language. Mm-hmm. You may stutter. You may not be able to put three really good sentences together. Yeah. But you can still know the truth. Just Absolutely. because you can't explain it doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody else is really eloquent doesn't make them right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most eloquent, I think, speaker in the Bible is Satan, other than Jesus himself. Mm. He, is, he was really good at how he phrased things. Oh, yeah, look at the garden. Exactly. You know. So you got to be careful. Yeah. The eloquence never equals truth. It mm-hmm. just means eloquence. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember there was a, a friend of mine who was a, a great debater, just a great debater. And he was saying something one time on social media. I forget what he said, actually. And all I did was, in my normal way, was write him like four words or something like, I don't think you got it, mm-hmm. or something. I forget what it was. And, and here's what I know for sure. This guy wrote... Uh, speeches for presidents. He could out debate anybody in any issue at any time. Mm-hmm. The guy was Mr. Word. There is no doubt about it. He's a word craftsman, and I would never out debate him. So he got back to me some remark, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I basically wrote him back a very simple response saying, I know you could out debate me. I'm not open for that. Mm-hmm. You're still wrong. Thank you. See you later. Yeah. He wrote me back and said, very well said, and you're right. I mean, it was like, you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
you, I can't even debate you on that one. Right, right. What, what you realize is that somebody who acknowledged the truth, you're a very good debater, mm -hmm. but you're debating words do not equal truth. I just won the debate. Right. Well, and what reiterates that is like they have debate clubs and competitions, yeah. and oftentimes you're assigned a topic, you know, so you might not even believe that, and yet you still go into this competition to debate it, and you can actually win the debate even though you don't even believe that side of the truth argument. You know, I say truth, but that's not even, that kind of confuses it, right. even the way that we talk about it. Yeah. And so that kind of reiterates it, is that you can, you can have all the eloquence you want. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's truth behind it. Right, and, and I actually have done that. I, I sometimes will take an opposite side and see if I can win it. Right. I mean, there's a phrase, we call it the devil's advocate yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You know, let me play the devil's advocate for a second. Right. You know. Yeah. It's it's really funny when you do that because you, again, reinforce the fact that truth has, a, it, it's its own issue. Yeah. Just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it's any less truth. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage our listeners, get to the point in life where you understand that, that Jesus is the truth. Yeah. He says he is. He is. The Bible is the truth, and whether you can explain it well or not doesn't mean a thing. Don't yeah. be intimidated by somebody who's got multiple degrees and can talk circles around you, because yeah. that doesn't equal truth still. Mm -hmm. And especially people who are grown up need to hear that, Yeah, because otherwise they get really intimidated by smart people. Not only that, smart people that, that know how to debate, they will, they will talk about things that they know you don't have any clue about. Right. To prove their point, which you're probably not getting anyway. Mm -hmm. So when you leave them, you're usually more confused than when you started with them. Yeah. And that's their point. You know, stay confused. Um, here, here's what is interesting. Psychology uh, really studies how, how we think. Mm -hmm. and, and I really appreciate how many hours and, and studies they do trying to figure out why people do what they do. Because a lot of times I think they're right. It, it shows how we think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the weakness of psychology to me is often if you're trying to be a psychologist without God, you're really not necessarily trying to get people to live in the way that it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fix a problem that you perceive as a problem, yeah. but you don't have any real truth basis for it necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so that's my problem with psychology. If, if you really you're using the Bible, you're using truth, and you're using psychology to understand the brain, I, th I think you're probably using it well. Mm -hmm. uh, because for anything, medical people, yeah, medical people study why diabetes happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, they may differ on the cure, but they tell you why it happens. Yeah. And that's how I look at psychology. And so I was looking up, you know, in this day and age, there is so much, um, anger and disruption in the news cycle because people are trying to convince you of something. In fact, recently, a couple of Congress people, I can't remember if they're men or women, but whoever they were, they were they, they put forth the idea that they need to ban, I think it was Fox News and some other ones, from some of the major television channels. And immediately I thought, you know what? That sounds evil to me. And again, I mean, you're a younger guy, so you might think that's a different story. But no, that sounds evil to me. As I go through history, any government that wanted to limit the information going into your head were, were tyrannical governments that were mm -hmm. trying to control the dialogue. Yeah. Now, now think of it. I, I, we just established that dialogue doesn't equal truth. Mm -hmm. So if you're healthy, 
you're watching somebody say something, you realize that their eloquence doesn't equal truth. Yep. So you're in less danger of getting, you know, swayed by what they say. Mm -hmm. Because if you honestly believe that, when they say something, you're going to want more information mm -hmm. before you make a decision. So that that's part of the deal that you're kind of working on. Right. But people who... I can't understand why somebody who says they know truth would want to limit the dialogue. Right. You know, and almost the implication, I don't know if they've said this, but almost the implication of something like that, a gesture like that is saying, well, they don't have the capability of discerning the truth for themselves. So we're going to limit Absolutely. their options. You yeah. know, that that's the way I take that sort of situation. It's like, you know, if as soon as you start limiting, you know, your ability to discern truth from from not truth and somebody says well you don't have that ability we're gonna so we're gonna make that decision for you right that's oh man that's a dangerous path to go down in my opinion Ex exactly and you know i think you nailed it right in the head i think those especially in the united states of america right now i i think that when they make decisions they're basically saying the people do not have the capability of making the right decision here so we need to make sure that we make the decision and limit their ideas yeah uh, when in reality, if I know the truth, if I absolutely know something's absolutely true, it doesn't matter what you say. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the government says. Right. Because I know what the truth is. Mm -hmm. And and so I'll cling to the truth, and the truth, as the Bible says, sets you free. You you actually can continue to operate. Yeah. Not only that, you know what happens in reality when, when public um, discussion is limited? Yeah. The people that are in the public, like government leaders or whatever, draw history, think, well, we're controlling the dialogue. If they're listening to this program, I want them to understand something. You're not controlling the dialogue. They're just not having it anymore in public. Mm -hmm. The dialogue continues. It, it continues. In, in the time of slavery, it continued in the Underground Railroad, in the, in, in the church, and other places. In, in, in communist countries or or socialist countries that banned Christianity, it continued around the dinner table, it continued in the back streets, it continued in the underground church. You're never going to limit the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So so you thinking that you're limiting the dialogue is, is something that um, isn't going to work anyway. Yeah. Um, and I know that, that I, conservatives have the same problem. They say, well, we need to limit this from the Internet or that from the Internet. And, you know, I would agree to a certain aspect on some things being limited, but I'm also thinking, if you really know the truth and embrace it, mm -hmm. nobody's going to go to those sites anyway. Right. So, you know, you're in danger. Once you start limiting things, mm -hmm. you're going to be in danger. And I know saying that, the, the conservatives go, well, you got to stop pornography. you got to stop. You know, I would agree that it's extremely harmful to you. But I would also say to you as a, a young parent of young boys, you need to know what your boys are doing. Mm -hmm. They're growing up in a world where they can get garbage into their brains in nanoseconds. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing about it? Yeah. Not, okay, let's ban it from ever happening. Um, all through history, when you talk about pornography, all through history, we haven't been able to ban lust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very true. So is the problem pornography? Or is the problem something else? And pornography is... A, a byproduct fuel. of the problem, yeah, fuel, yeah. 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 I, li I like referring them to as fuel because it isn't necessarily the problem, but when you put fuel on a fire, 
gets bigger. It gets bigger, yep. But yep. if you take the fuel away, it doesn't mean the fire goes away completely until if all the fuel's gone. Mm-hmm. So unless you figure out all the fuel, yeah, you're still going to have a little ember there, you know, kind of smoldering. Right. And I think lust is one of those things that it any anyone's capable of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pride, greed. I mean, anyone's capable of it. Yeah. But if we can identify the fuel that goes into stoking it and making it out of control, and we cut that fuel supply personally. Mm-hmm. then that's good. Not only that, if nobody watched pornography, it wouldn't be on anymore. Right. I mean, that's a simple truth. It's not. Right. The reason it's on. It's because people keep exactly fueling it. So if there's anyone out there saying we should get it off the internet, I'm fine with that. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Then it'll get off the internet. Likewise, any television program, I've heard conservative people um, get really upset with, you know, this television program or that. And I keep saying, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you don't understand. No, I, if nobody watches it, they're not going to keep it on. Right. They'll cancel it. Yeah. Don't watch it. That's how those things work. There's yeah. ratings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the sports during the COVID thing. They they really were suffering as far as who was watching. Mm-hmm. And now they're wondering, is that ever going to come back? Right, because it was what the lowest watched Super Bowl in it was the and, modern era. Yeah, have you talked to anybody, by the way, that that has not watched any more sports and figure and asked them why? I just don't have the time for the nonsense. I mean, I don't really watch stuff any, anymore. I, but you didn't before the. But pandemic. I didn't. I didn't a ton before. So if you have, but you talk- I have talked to people that used to, and they're just like it. Just doesn't have the appeal anymore. Yeah. You know, you used to you used to watch people that had a love of a of a sport and a talent for it and play it. Yeah. You know, and you still do, but it, it hasn't become about that anymore. Right. And that's that's where people lost it. It's become about a message, a political message. Right. You know, why can't we just play a sport to play a sport? Exactly. You know, I mean, if you want to have a platform, you know, then go do something else and and have a platform. Yeah. You know. And again, you just said something that really isn't being said well. Out in public, because everyone's afraid to say, I'm, I'm not watching it because I really don't want to see the political message on the back of the, the jerseys of the players. Right. But but that's exactly what I'm being told. That's what I just said in the private discussions. Mm-hmm. You, you may not have that as a public discussion. Right. But in the private discussions, that's what people around me are saying. I'm not watching it anymore mm-hmm. because I don't want to put up with that or or I don't want to put up with the the people who just make millions of dollars playing a game telling us how to live our lives. Okay. Right. You have the freedom to think that. Right. And you don't have to watch it. Right. But I think that uh, some of the major sports are really going to um, take a while if they recover at all because people during the pandemic, you'd think they would watch more TV and that kind of thing, and maybe they have, but they basically created different ways to spend their time. Yeah. And they weren't totally enamored by what the sports world was doing anymore. And uh, I, those are interesting discussions because as you get into uh, truth, if there's any truth out there at all, you realize that truth is usually discussed at a smaller level with friends and family and, and there's usually healthy debate. And if you think about true friendship and families, you can actually have various viewpoints in those families and your position as a family member isn't threatened. Mm-hmm. 
because my daughters can believe whatever they want. We can have a discussion about anything they want to have. They can be on the other side of the fence on some things. They're still my daughters. And so there's a certain security and, and, and sense of belonging mm-hmm. to a healthy situation that allows you to dialogue and have different views on things that, that really you can't control anyway. I yeah. can never control what my kids believe today. They're in their 30s. I can't tell them what to believe. Mm-hmm. As much as I could when they were five, I can't do that now. And yeah. so what I need to do is allow the dialogue to take place. They need to see why I think the way I think. Mm-hmm. I need to try and understand why they think the way they think. Yeah. And if it's not a matter of absolute, then both of us need to be willing to say, okay, enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, Um I usually, as you know, I use um, my excuse usually is I'm just in this phase of life and whatever it is. And so now I'm in the phase of, you know, um, apple cider vinegar or something, you know. Sure. Or, so I'm in that phase. So if somebody comes and says, um, you take apple cider vinegar, I said, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't start if I were you. Why? Because I don't even know if it works. <laughs> I'm just in that phase of life. I mean, why are you taking it? Well, I read this, I read that. I, you know, I thought, you know, I'll try it. If nothing happens, I won't keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I, it's pretty simple for me. Oh, yeah. But at least uh, I think as I've gotten older to try and deal with it honestly, I'm not going to tell you that it, it it's works absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Um, I, it, are there, I, I'll give you another example. I take cherry juice every day. Cherry juice. Cherry juice. Tart cherry Tart cherry juice. juice every day. And actually, I'm not getting, I'm not a paid guy to advertise anything. I'm just saying I take it every day. It actually helps me limp less and the reason i take it is because i saw some old carpenters people who are builders mm-hmm. and they wouldn't go to a job they every day they started with cherry juice huh and the reason was and when i asked them they said because otherwise i have trouble kneeling down and getting up hmm. i said really so this cherry juice does that to you they weren't trying to sell me anything they were older carpenters who just said yes yeah so then I went to ours, uh, the guy that used to work with us in that, and I, I asked him about it. He goes, oh, yeah, all the old guys drink cherry juice. Hmm. And I thought, okay, the old guys drink cherry juice. It's kind of like why I drink coffee. Yeah. I went into a nursing home, retirement home. Everyone drank coffee. They were old. Okay, I'm drinking coffee. Like, they're, <laughs> somehow they're drinking coffee and they're old. They made it. That's funny. So I'm going to drink coffee. Uh, but but I have found that it works. So I had this, this lady come. I talk about that. And she said, Okay, I'm going to go try it. I said, well, it's up to you. I, I, I'm not promising anything. Yep. Later, talked to her, and she said, that didn't work. And, and it was like, okay. Then don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Well, you said it worked. It does for me. Mm-hmm. But here's, again, my wife, she'll take a half of aspirin. It works great. Yeah. I have to take like four or five before I even feel it. <laughs> you know, so it's like people are different. Right. I'm not telling you your body's going to respond right or wrong to this. Mm-hmm. We'll have to continue this discussion because we never got to what the psychologists say. We right. believe like we believe. So. Yeah, and that's typical of most of our discussions here yep. is we get going and it, we just start talking and it, and it goes a direction. But if you uh, if you just joined us halfway through or if you listen to this episode, you know I encourage you to stick with us or head over to Relate365.com. And you could uh, re-listen to this podcast specifically or download some of the other episodes. We have over, I don't know, two hundred lots lots we have lots yeah. and there's other programs if you want dave to talk you to sleep there's a nighttime program where he'll just, 
He'll uh, his nice booming voice, soothing voice, whatever you want to call it, will soothe you to sleep. I don't yell on that one. It's very soothing. So feel free to check that out on Relate365.com. Uh, otherwise, for Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, thanks for joining us, and we will see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.